So I want you to take the time to think about all of the ways in which you are an expert that you probably haven't acknowledged because the role in which you're in today is second nature to you. So when you're helping an organization write out an algorithm or prepare a policy or improve in some capacity, whether you're improving the patient experience, improving quality, improving safety, you are consulting. So today, I just want to take the time to empower you and let you know that you're all experts, but oftentimes, because we work in our silos, we don't realize all the ways in which we can monetize our expertise as clinicians. Hi, my friend. Welcome back to the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina. I am a cardiothoracic surgery PA, a public health practitioner with a background in neuroscience and a peak performance coach. I'm here to empower you, an ambitious healthcare professional with a demanding career, just like me, to become a confident leader who are living fulfilled and purposeful so you can be both a powerhouse in your career and a passionate person in life without feeling overwhelmed, underappreciated, or undervalued. As a bonus, we're hosting a online summit just for you live starting on July 27th to August 1st with 18 experts in our field to give you a recharge in life. All the proceeds will be donated to the Brave of Heart Fund, which supports healthcare professionals and their family who has passed away due to COVID-19. But it is free to join. So hop over to sabrinarumback.com forward slash summit to find out more. You can also see the link in our show note. In the meantime, let's continue our journey for your powerful and passionate life with today's episode. Hey, my friend, it's Sabrina. Welcome back for another episode of Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. Today, we are having Ellie Pearson here with us. She is a nurse, a author, and mentor to aspiring healthcare consultants. She's the principal consultant of the Reputation Advisors, a crisis communications and reputation consulting firm that helps healthcare organizations protect their organizational brand from reputation disasters. Today, Ellie has successfully helped over 300 physician practice owners, urgent cares, and community hospitals protect their online brand from internal and external reputation threats by increasing patient engagement and mitigating grievances. Without further ado, here is Ellie. Okay, this is going to be pretty informative. (laughs) So um, just to give you guys some background information on myself. So previously, I was a nurse and I've maintained my nursing license for going on 15 years now. However, about five years ago, I was in a leadership role in which I was providing a lot of recommendations, uh, providing a lot of guidance in which I'm sure many of you also provide to your organizations. And essentially, I was consulting. And so you understand what a healthcare consultant is. 
a healthcare consultant is an expert. Um, you are an expert advisor. You are the expert in whatever specialty that you specialize in, but your client that you help has a problem and you solve that. So I believe all of us are clinicians. However, it's not a surprise to me that many of you are not familiar with healthcare consulting in the B2B space, meaning that you as a clinician can partner with organizations to help them solve their problem. So also out of curiosity, I'm curious to know, have any of you served a role as an administrator, as a leader of your organization? Have you served a role in a committee? Have you been a preceptor? So if you have, okay, Darlene says consulting is a major part of my business. Absolutely. Uh, Darlene, I hope you're also consulting with other businesses as well because corporate needs our expertise. So if you have been a preceptor, if you have provided advice or recommendations to anyone, any leader at your organization, you are a consultant. You just probably didn't have the label as a consultant or the role of a consultant. But if you are a physician, a nurse, a nurse practitioner, a physician assistant, and you provide advice or guidance in some capacity, you are consulting. When your organization brings together a group within a committee of healthcare professionals, they're acknowledging your expertise. And typically um, at healthcare organizations, uh, you'll have retention committees, staffing committees, patient satisfaction committees compliance committees, right? There's so many various committees and Sabrina is giving great examples of all the committees that she's been on. Absolutely. Who also lead research. That's very important. But healthcare organizations, they, again, they acknowledge your expertise by bringing you together as a group of experts. But at the end of the day, you're not being monetized or compensated for all the advice and guidance that you provide. So when I was providing advice and recommendations as a nursing administrator, again, we oftentimes don't know what we're not exposed to. So it wasn't until I started to associate myself with other healthcare consultants who were external healthcare consultants at the organization I worked for, I began to see the opportunities that existed for me to do the same exact thing, which was provide advice and guidance and help other organizations outside of where I worked solve those same problems in which I was solving for the organization that I worked. So I want you to take the time to think about all of the ways in which you are an expert that you probably haven't acknowledged because the role in which you're in today is second nature to you. So when you're helping an organization write out an algorithm or prepare a policy or improve in some capacity, whether you're improving the patient experience, improving quality, improving safety, you are consulting. So today, I just want to take the time to empower you and let you know that you're all experts, but oftentimes, because we work in our silos, we don't realize all the ways in which we can monetize our expertise as clinicians, okay? As a nursing administrator, I knew everything about operations, right? I was very passionate about the patient experience as it related to dealing with complaints and grievances. But you guys, did you know that there are policies in place by the Joint Commission and CMS simply about responding to complaints and grievances in order for an organization to be compensated? 
I didn't know that until I started to associate with other healthcare consultants who said, Elle, you're doing all these great things for the organization you work for. You should be doing the same thing for organizations that need your expertise, who don't have an L on their team. So I want you to take the time to think about all the recommendations that you provided to the organization in which you work, all the ways you've helped improve the standard of care. And I also want you to reflect and think about all those organizations who could benefit from your expertise. So this definitely does play into what Lachelle mentioned earlier about uh, bringing in additional sources of income. So out of curiosity, um, I know many of you are already in business, but what are some ways in which you have thought about bringing in extra income? Before I was a consultant, I picked up extra shifts. Have you guys done that to bring in extra income? You pick up extra shifts, which is tiring if you work 12-hour shifts. You know, it's always amazing to me how many healthcare professionals I meet, and they have extra jobs. They don't just have a full-time job, but they also have maybe two or three extra jobs on the side. Yes. And that's so tiring because again, it takes time away from yourself, your family, and you're exhausted. Right now, Darlene, you're a, you're a pro. You're an author, speaker. Those are all great things that you can do as a consultant. There's so many different various revenue streams you can bring in as a consultant. I'm going to share a lot of those things with you today. I wanted to let you know that we do all these things, again, to devote ourselves to the organizations in which we work. And that's partly why we go into healthcare is to help others. But at the end of the day, when it exhausts us, we have to think outside of the box. And healthcare consulting is a great way for you as the clinician expert to provide and share your recommendations with other organizations. So when it comes to working additional shifts, when it comes to picking up additional jobs and all those things, as far as healthcare consulting, there's three ways in which you can utilize your expertise to move forward in consulting. I'm going to share that with you. So I focus really on helping clinicians transition into independent healthcare consulting. But if you yourself are not comfortable going into business, maybe you don't want to take that chance. That's okay. Not everyone is meant for entrepreneurship. However, at least you know all of your options to bring in additional income. So the first way you can utilize your expertise that you already have and your experience as a clinician to now become a consultant, the first thing you can do is look for jobs in which healthcare consulting firms are hiring. So did you guys know that you've heard of um, Press Ganey? Have you all heard of Press Ganey, which they take in the patient surveys? Press Ganey is a consulting firm. They hire healthcare consultants, just like you and I, to do what? To consult. And Press Ganey focuses on so many different factors outside. I did not like them in practice. <laughs> Yes, but listen, as a consultant, there's so many great opportunities. Press Ganey is a large consulting firm, and they focus not only on patient satisfaction, but on quality. They focus on healthcare provider retention. So all of these are ways in which you can find firms just like Press Ganey, who specialize in various aspects of healthcare. And if you are interested or have the expertise in patient satisfaction, in quality, in compliance, looking for a job as a healthcare consultant is an option. Now, I like to be in control of my revenue. <laughs> So I necessarily wouldn't look or seek a job as a healthcare consultant, but it is an option. 
And it's an option that many of us as clinicians don't know about. So that's one reason why I'm here today is to provide you with awareness. So that's one way in which you can move forward in a role as a healthcare consultant. Now, the second way in which you can move forward in a role as a healthcare consultant is by providing your consulting solutions as a subcontractor. So if I specialize in crisis management and crisis communications, and I'm located in Houston, Texas, and I say, okay, I want to partner with Sabrina because I know she's on the East Coast, and I have an organization who needs my services, but yet I can't travel there. I need to bring on Sabrina as a subcontracted consultant to my firm. She's going to know all of my policies, procedures. She knows exactly what I do. She also has the same alignment of expertise. So I know that she can go to this organization on my behalf and get those results and provide recommendations for that organization. I'm going to bring Sabrina on as a subcontractor. So subcontracting is another option in which you can search for those consulting firms that are already in existence and say, I'm Sabrina, I'm an expert in these particular areas. I would love to work with your organization on some projects. So that's one way I've been able to be here in Houston, Texas, but also be able to service clientele all over the U.S. because I have subcontracted consultants who are also clinicians that are able to go out on my behalf and provide advice, recommendations, host trainings, provide speaking engagements on my behalf at various organizations, okay? It's almost like a safety net. You know, you don't want to be a full-time employee of a healthcare consulting firm, but yet you want the leverage to be able to take on projects and to work with various organizations to kind of learn the ropes of a healthcare consultant. So that's the second way in which you can move forward in a role as a healthcare consultant and monetize your expertise. So again, just to backtrack a little bit, the first way in which you can move forward in consulting is you can look for a job at a consulting firm. There are many around. Press Ganey is one. Even the Joint Commission will hire you as a healthcare consultant, okay? So if you prepared an organization for Joint Commission, then that's an opportunity for you as well. The second way, again, and which we just discussed, is subcontracting for consulting firms. So if you have crisis communication, you know how to deal with complaints and grievances, I'm always looking for subcontractors, so you can always reach out to me. And the last thing and the last way in which you can move forward in your role, your new role as a healthcare consultant, is to start your own consulting firm. Now, it sounds a little scary going into business, but when you think about starting a business, there's really no other business model that you can move forward in where you have such low cost to get started, okay? So you don't have to take out a loan to get started. You don't need an office space. I work here in my home office. I typically will meet with my clients via Zoom. And so I was doing Zoom before people started to utilize Zoom to host conferences and to host meetings. But all of this takes place in which I didn't have to quit my full-time job I quit my full-time job when my income exceeded or when I didn't have the bandwidth to provide the organization I worked for. So when my clientele grew and I said, you know what, I can no longer do this. I want to work full-time in my business. But for those of you who are interested in starting a healthcare consulting firm, you can do so on the side. So there's so many great benefits to moving forward. And again, it doesn't cost you a lot to get started. You're sharing your expertise you're sharing your clinical insight 
with organizations who need to get the results based on all of your experience, all of your, again, the knowledge that you possess as a clinician. So I hope that was informative. I know we're running uh, kind of short on time here, but again, it just provides, you know, consulting provides you with an additional option that we as clinicians typically don't know about, or we don't know how to really monetize fully. So how do you monetize your experience and your expertise? Well, first you need to leverage wherever you work and realize that healthcare is a business. At the end of the day, if you can solve a problem for an organization to help them save money, to prevent fines, to help them excel, then those organizations will absolutely want to partner with you to help them get results. I do want to answer some questions because I know that many of you may not be familiar with consulting. So if I can answer any questions for you, please let me know. And also, if you're interested in learning more about consulting and you want to jump on a free 15-minute brainstorming session to see how you can take your experience and tie that experience into a healthcare consulting firm to help organizations corporate, they don't have to be specifically in healthcare, then I'll post the link below so we can uh, schedule some time to chat. So let me know if you have any questions about healthcare consulting. As a healthcare consultant, there's so many different streams of income that you can produce in itself. So hosting trainings for organizations, again, they don't have to be just healthcare organizations. It could also be tech companies, insurance companies, oil and gas, Depending on the problem that you solve for organizations, there's so many different things that you can do. So training is one. Again, providing advice and recommendations is really the backbone of what we do. You're the trusted advisor. A lot of times you'll go into an organization, you'll do your initial assessment, and you'll see, wow, we don't have this in place. And so what you'll have to do is a lot of program development, a lot of policy and procedure writing. I'll go through and work out algorithms that should be in place, that aren't in place, modifying workflows. The list goes on as far as all the different things that you can provide. And so it can create not only a residual income for, for you. When we talk about these consulting projects, when you're partnering with B2B organizations, this isn't little money you're working with. These contracts are $50,000, $60,000, and many of them are reoccurring revenue. This is, again, a lot of clinicians don't know that this is an option, but we don't know it's an option because we don't know any healthcare consultants. We don't have time to build relationships with healthcare consultants outside of where we work. And I just want to give you this quick reminder also, we are going to be rebuilding healthcare for a very long time post-COVID. So if this is something that you're interested in, even if it's part-time, I would highly suggest you move forward in consulting, even if you just want to take on some pro bono projects just to see how it works, simply because most organizations in healthcare have been very reactive for a long time. With COVID, now organizations are learning that we need to prepare and become proactive and prepare for events that can take place. So I want you to really think about what is my expertise? What do I feel confident in sharing clinical guidance? What areas have I worked in the past that I really feel comfortable and knowledgeable about that I want to share uh, my information or information that can help organizations? And think about that. 
once you know that specialty that you have that expertise in, um, then you need to think about all the problems that exist within that specialty that you yourself can help solve. If again, if you don't downplay being on committees in your previous role, typically the best consultants are solving the same problems and doing the same thing that they were doing at the job that they previously were in. So if you were writing policies before, you can write policies for another organization. If you were modifying workflows before, you can modify workflows for organizations who need you. The potential is for is limitless. <laughs> okay, so if it, does anyone have questions? Okay, do you have to worry about intellectual property from the institution that you got your experience from? Basically, can they keep you from sharing your experience? Well, not necessarily. So as it comes to your intellectual property, let's say, for example, if you're a new consultant and you've known that you've worked on these great projects that have gotten great results, you can still share that information as case studies. However, I would say, do not put that organizational name onto your case studies that you're sharing with the organizations. So let's say, for example, I had a really great uh, program that I implemented in regards to patient experience and checking on patients and their families after the, the third stay of that mission and how that impacted patient satisfaction scoring by having a leader do leadership rounding. Well, I turned that into a case study that I'm able to use, but I didn't put that organizational name, but I did put the demographics of the organization. So you really have to be mindful of, okay, when you're working somewhere, you don't want there to be a conflict of interest. So did you sign any paperwork that says that you can't go into business for yourself? That's something you need to think about um, and something you really need to you know, decide, okay, well, maybe this is my leap. I need to move forward and be able to work for myself. Because again, any organization you work for, they're going to have restraints on you as far as what you can do in your business. So you have to think about, okay, did I sign any paperwork that says I can't go into business? Um, are you sharing information about the organization in which you shouldn't be doing? Share demographics, but don't share organizational names. So there's things that you should do in order to keep that information, to keep yourself safe as an employee and to not put yourself in any legal risk. Hopefully that was helpful and answered your question. Um, could you talk about how to approach companies that may not know they need your services? Well, Darlene, I do a lot of uh, LinkedIn uh, strategic connections. So for example, I have a list of organizations that I already know have the problem I solve. So if they have horrible patient satisfaction ratings and all that is directly tied to complaints and grievances at that organization, I know those organizations ahead of time. I can find those leaders on LinkedIn. I can strategically connect with them and start those conversations. So I never use the approach of convincing someone that they need me. I'll connect with them strategically, build a rapport. And after I've built that rapport with them, Darlene, that's when I can provide them with a best practice guide, invite them to a discovery call or invite them to a strategy session to say, hey, I'm Elle, I'm the expert in this particular area. I, know, I noticed that your organization has, you know, this particular problem. Let's jump on a strategy call. I wouldn't mind sharing some things with you. Uh, but again, I utilize LinkedIn for all of my B2B, for my B2B business, as far as converting them into leads to pay clients. So it's never about convincing. It's about identifying who you want to connect with strategically that has the problem that you can help them with. And what I'll do before we leave is if anyone wants to chat on a brainstorming call, I would be happy to just drop my link in here. 
and uh, provide you with that information. Or if you want to talk about subcontracting as well, I'm always happy to um, invite other healthcare consultants on my team as well. My team is growing and it's great to not only be able to go into an organization and help from a capacity of, I'm the provider, I'm here to do this, but it's great to partner with organizations to be able to impact, just impact so many patients, so many more patients, if that makes sense. Thank you ladies again, I appreciate you. Hey, my friend, how are you? How did you like this episode? Did you love it? If you do, please subscribe to our show so you can continue to build your mental intelligence. And I do have a big ask. This ask is really not for me, but for everybody else out there. We want to hear your thoughts and your stories because those words and thoughts deserve to be shared. When you share your stories, then you inspire others to take action. You empower them to live into a purposeful and fulfilled life as well. And together, we can be both powerful and passionate where we can overcome any mental roadblocks keeping you from success. We can be both powerful and passionate where we're no longer distracted by mundane busy work and focus only on the things that truly matter. We can be both powerful and passionate where you feel energized from the moment you woke up to the time you go to bed. Join me and together we can create a life where you can be both powerful and passionate.